Welcome to the How Could You Podcast. I'm Lauren Tossi. And I'm Ryan Tossi. We're here to tell you, not everyone likes steak tartare. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's a totally true statement. And if anyone who is listening right now has listened to the show previously, they're like, normally he starts with a quote. What the hell are they covering today? <laughs> oh, I got quotes galore from that character. <laughs> I believe you do. I actually think this is going to be a performance of this, but you're just doing it as a one-man show from Rick's I'm perspective. I'm thinking about it, yes. Uh, well, welcome, everyone. If this is your first time joining our show, thank you so much for checking our podcast out. We are two people who fell in love at a movie theater and never quite left. We started this podcast to fill gaps in our film knowledge, uh, to talk about movies that we're really passionate about, to talk about award season, to talk about the strike being over. Woo! We're so stoked. Um, Let's get to creating and putting out them films and shows. Them films and shows. <laughs> um, but today... We're going to get a little weird with it. Uh, today, if, you, if you've been listening these past few years, thank you so much for checking us out. You may know that every year we try and do some pretty themed programming around holidays as we are themey seasonal people. Um, you know, this started with Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, our first season, which was a how could you for both of us. Then we did a, an episode that we got a really great response to, which was our listing of the Friendsgiving episodes or the Friends Thanksgiving themed episodes. Last year, we had a very, very special guest. We had Anthony DeSantis on to talk about Wizard of Oz, which I would definitively say is a Thanksgiving movie. Um, and we were like, well, we need to do a Thanksgiving episode. So this is that episode, and we are going to be covering something strange. But before we get there, Ryan, do you have any, like, Tossie's takes for our audience or anything you want to throw out before we get into this? Well, first, I would just like to update everybody. I do have a taker <gasps> for my blood oath. Yay! Tis the season Tis for the, given blood. Yeah. <laughs> Very excited. Uh, Mr. Wes Hamilton out there uh, listening <laughs> has has happily reached out and, and given his services. I just want all of my friends that I've had for 20 plus years to know that Wes stepped up here, really okay? Fun. I've only known Wes a few years, thankfully through Jardin Films, and yes. you know what? Our, our bond is only going to grow from here. So. You know what I appreciate is that Jardin Films just keeps giving and giving it, yeah. you know. Great experiences being on set, great podcast interview episodes, great crew to work on your short film, and and now Blood Oaths. Exactly. I mean, what what more could you ask? I hope for? they add it to their logo. Actually, <laughs> I'm very excited. It's a bucket list item. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Blood oaths aside, do you have any other Tossies takes, or can we get into this very strange episode that we were putting out? Uh, yeah, we can get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, first, I have to say that if you have ever talked to either of us, you may know that we uh, sometimes dabble in the realm of Hallmark movies. What once started out as a Saturday in December of us just watching a marathon and making fun of them from stem to stern has now um, turned into, uh, we kind of tune into a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies pretty unironically. Um, this happens to be one of them, and it is not Christmas-themed. It is Thanksgiving-themed. It is a movie called The Thanksgiving House. <laughs> well, sometimes it's called that, but we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. I just want our audience to know yeah. that that I continuously threw a list of options out at you for uh, Thanksgiving, our Thanksgiving episode. Uh, quite a few, very notable, very, and and just on a, just for a little bit of a laugh, I threw in there, why don't we just tell our audience about the Thanksgiving house? You jumped at this idea. <laughs> really you were like, yes. 
I didn't know if you were kidding. No, I responded with a lot of exclamation points, which is, if you've ever received an email from me, you know it's just standard fare. Um, <laughs> but, like, I don't know what it was. We have... And listen, hopefully we'll do them one day, so I will not say what the titles were, but you had very reasonable, <laughs> these would actually make sense for a Thanksgiving episode, and I just kept saying to you, no, let's get super weird with it, let's open up a bottle of wine, let's talk about Thanksgiving house. Well, we do, we got our uh, Potion X Pumpkin Spice right here from Franklin Hill Vineyards. Sponsorship coming soon. I'm hoping. <laughs> We'll take it. Or they're going to hear us talk about this movie, and they're going to be like, we would never sponsor your podcast. We are insulted. Good day, sirs. Some Franklin Hill? Maybe get some Manscaped? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that Manscaped money. Um, no, I, I honestly, this is one of those like Hallmark movies that you and I watch and mock and really enjoy. Um and, and I think, like, it's fun to just kind of walk through. So if you've never experienced a Hallmark movie, buckle in. If you have never experienced this Hallmark movie, oh, dear God, um, you can't, they don't replay it every year. Uh, Ryan bought me on some dark corner of the web a shady bootleg DVD. Um you, you do not mock the VHS Preservation Society that's out there. <gasps> oh, is that who it was? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but the greatest part of this is it was so clearly recorded from a television and then, like, came to us. <laughs> and, like, I forgot about that. And the that. best part is, is, like, we don't even have a Blu-ray player hooked up right now, so we had to then go find some random, like seemingly faith-based app that had a version of the film on it, but changed the title? Changed the title, changed a couple of things, but <laughs> this is this is our Thanksgiving gift to everybody. Yeah. Us, read, because we know nobody's seen it. <laughs> so we're just going to tell you about the thing. So the question today yes. is, how could you... Pick this as the Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> How could you pick the Thanksgiving house as your Thanksgiving episode? I honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I have been like really hyping myself up. I'm like, this is going to be so much fun. This is going to be so weird. And I even put out on the Instagram post saying that there was a weird episode coming. And I think, I don't know if it's like weird Barbie still being in my mind. I'm like, this is going to be great. And the second we sat down, I got like the pit sweats of this was a really terrible idea. Why are we doing this? No one's going to listen. And if they do, they're going to be like, oh God, their podcast is starting to die. Or maybe it's time for it to die. You know? I, I just, I'm glad that we're not going to be able to see the minute by minute of when people just stop listening on this. And you know what? Please don't comment on Instagram. <laughs> and I just also want to say, additionally, um, I am on a high grade of amoxicillin. I have an, a sinus infection and nasal polyps. So this is going to be deeply strange. My goal here. Yeah. Is one person out there to just help one person. <laughs> Find the Thanksgiving house and see it for this Thanksgiving. <laughs> Guys, actually, please don't watch it. <laughs> You're going to get cracked in the head. Let's get talking about okay, the Thanksgiving see. house. Hour and tw- All hour and 22 minutes of it. Which will be the length of the podcast episode. <laughs> or, as it is for whatever reason known as... Legally Tender. <laughs> the dumbest effing name for a movie ever. It makes no sense, actually, to the plot of the film. It does. No, it doesn't. It's about, it's a movie about a Thanksgiving house. There's the Thanksgiving the house. tender, like your turkey. It, you make it, it's cooking. It's a cooking with the, the, the lawyer that we're about to talk about. Baby, I just want to say uh, this. And I never call you baby. But my <laughs> we favorite, doing that now? Yeah, we're we're doing, we call each other baby because we kind of love it. Um, 
My favorite part about this is that your immediate thought is, oh, legally tender, like the turkey, not tender love, not that she has become fond or tender. I think it's supposed to. No, the turkey itself. This is actually a love story about turkeys, everyone. Either way, it's a terrible name and why they changed it from the Thanksgiving house, I don't know. But I'm also not surprised because you would think the love affair is with with the turkey because you name our turkey every year. Do you think? (laughs) I do. I do. Um, We've had... uh, Josh uh, Fallon. 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 Um, we've had uh, Sean McTurkman. Yeah. Um, we've had <laughs> Lloyd Gobbler. Lloyd Gobbler's personal And this favorite. year's will be John Karvzinski. So my favorite is because you know I'm a sucker for a pun. But the best part of this process is, is that you refuse to let me come with you to get the turkey. It's like this thing you have to do on your own. And I even like offered to you. I was like, I'll come with you. And you're like, no, you stay here, little woman. This is my turkey time. <laughs> the best is when I just lift it up into the uh, the grocery store. No one's around. No one knows me. I'm just. But that's how you bring it in the house. And then like. If I'm talking to you while you're trying to put it into the freezer, you will, like, stop all conversation. You're like, the turkey is going in the freezer, Lauren. I turn into Bob from Bob's Burgers. (laughs) All right. Oh, wait. Although, right now, I'd like you to just add in, at some point, the Joey when he turns to Ross in the Thanksgiving episode and just looks at just to say to me, you're a dork. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love love your very weird turkey traditions. All right. Let's talk about this very strange movie. Hey, hey. Look at us. Look at us. Look at, Look at us. us. Here we go. Cheers. <laughs> Clink. Um, okay, would you like me to read a plot description to the audience? Why not? So that way they, okay. Um, Give them a plot description that sums up the entire movie that we are then going to spend the next hour talking about. 100%. All right. When Boston lawyer Mary Ross inherits a house in Plymouth from her late aunt, she has no idea she may have inherited a historical treasure. Mary's initial desire to sell the house is supported by her slick boyfriend, Rick, but she is shocked to discover local historian Everett Mather has evidence that her house is located on the site of the first Thanksgiving, with the house turning into an unexpected tourist attraction, putting Mary in the media spotlight at the prying of unscrupulous gossip blogger Ashley Mulligan. Everett tries to prove his theory, and Mary tries to prove anything that will keep her house in her hands. But suddenly, Mary clings to the house as an artifact of her own history before her happy childhood memories are tarnished by her father's abandonment. Ultimately, Mary must decide if it is more important to preserve the house's historical ties or make it the site of many happy Thanksgivings to come. What will she choose? (laughs) IMDB user happy underscore evil underscore dude summary. (laughs) I'm glad that they took that time. (laughs) Thank you, happy evil dude. (laughs) Okay, everyone's got that now? Now let us do the really long extended <laughs> version of it. Um, so my favorite is, so this opens up on a deposition. Um, oh, no, no, we got to get our establishing B-roll shots of Boston, Massachusetts. They use the same shot of Boston, Massachusetts 15 times over in this movie. Right, I just, that's my favorite part about these Hallmark movies. They love to be like, we're setting this in a major city. But let's give you, like, the briefest of B-roll shots so you know where you are, and then that's it. And then we'll keep using that same shot over (laughs) and over and over again. I mean, and you do get some shots around the city, but then it goes to her really nondescript um, law office building that does not look like it's in Boston. That looks like 100% probably where it is, which is somewhere in Canada. Vancouver. Yeah. (laughs) Winnipeg. Um, But... 
they're in like so they're in a meeting and there's a client who has uh, quote unquote been injured and then his lawyer and then Mary Ross the heroine of the film um, is the lawyer who is you know trying to argue that this guy is faking an injury my favorite part about this entire thing and I have no legal knowledge and I will rely on the lawyers who are nearest and dearest to us to let me know if this is the truth there's no judge there's no media like mitigating or mediating counsel it is just his lawyer, him, and her. And she brings forth evidence, and he says, I object. And I'm like, I don't think you have to object when you're in a meeting. And I appreciate them using lawyer vernacular, so we will understand them to be lawyer people. But even I was like, I don't think you do that in just a meeting. This um, this guy that who really has nothing after this first 30 seconds of the film. No. Um is doing the worst acting job I've ever seen. Yes. He's like, I can still feel the pain in my back. <laughs> it's not in my head. It's not in my head. And like then the she said. proceeds to drop the mic. Yeah. Lays out the photos showing this man running to the bus. It doesn't look like he's running. He's just holding a cane above his head. Mary Ross knew. She had video. She says, she's like, I can also show you the video. There's a foot on the ground. (laughs) And why don't we see the video? That would be more convincing. They didn't have budget for shooting that, okay? But the the best part is is she walks triumphantly out of the meeting in, like, her power suit and goes up to her secretary and says the plaintiffs withdrew their claim. And she gets a two thumbs Thumbs up. up. I the thumbs up, too. Yeah, her, her... One of her secretaries is just like, thumbs up. <laughs> thumbs up. Good As job, you can Mary. see the uh, the lawyer yelling at his client <laughs> in the background. You did a terrible job faking your injury. So then we have Mary Ross yes. move on, and we get to meet one of our other major side characters. Yes, Victoria uh, the paralegal. Her, yes. Um, she comes in. She drops a letter, apologizes that she opened her mail. And tells, and we get Mary Ross opening this big pamphlet to find out that her Aunt Philly died. Aww. Yes. So. 30 days ago, mm, though. Yeah, and it depends on which version you watch of this, that's a big deal. <laughs> well, and this is the thing, because I, I, I think we will go on the the canonical, uh, what I'm going to call the theatrical cut, I guess, that was ever released <laughs> in a theater. Um, well, yeah, we watched some podunk producers cut, I'm guessing, but well, I believe it's I believe it's the Hallmark cut and the pixel cut. I don't think this is actual information you should have. In fact, I'm disappointed. My also favorite is when it's on Hallmark, it's TV TVG. When it's on Pixel or any other one, it's TV PG. Oh, well, because that's because of the Inquisitive Pilgrim pil- cleavage. <laughs> yeah, like, yes. it's 100% why. We'll get to her. But, you know, so she opens up this letter, and you find out, like, so her aunt has died 30 days ago, but her aunt has left her a house. And I'm just like, I just feel really bad for Aunt Philly, who is referenced all throughout the rest of the film, because I'm like, she didn't even know you died, and that's the person you left the house to, and this is how you found out that she died? It's one of those plot points that can only exist in a Hallmark movie where you're left a house by a relative that you haven't talked to in a really long time or like a Victorian novel. Right. Like, this is the only two times that like, that shit happens. Is it years? Is it months? Why don't you know? Well, and I have to think because she talks about she hasn't been to Plymouth in years, which is not far from Boston. It's like an hour's drive. Um, but it's like a, it's a strange reveal. And I mean, it's the impetus for the entire film. It is the, don't want to spoil anything, but 
Aunt Philly's house is a Thanksgiving related house. <laughs> so like possibly. 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 Um but like this is this is like how she finds out that she is going to inherit this house. So then we get to meet our other lead. Yeah. Our potential down the road maybe love interest. No. <laughs> Mr. Everett Mathers. <laughs> Everett Mather is the most Plymouth sounding name that has ever Plymouth. <laughs> One, there's, I appreciate that they were like, Cotton Mather was on, on, uh, the Mayflower, right? Yeah, we'll just make him a Mather. That makes sense. They still will live there. There's a lot of discussion of who was on the Mayflower in this movie. It's a movie set in Plymouth. That's all they got. (laughs) Um, so Everett, we see, uh, doing some type of, like, research on some, some dirt. Um. That's great, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> doing an archaeological study or some research on dirt, whichever. We then have him very quickly move on to, he shows up to dinner with his parents. Okay, can I tell you the most weird thing the mom does? The mom's pretty great throughout the movie, but she has a drinking glass of water in front of her, and her son brings her flowers, and she puts <sighs> the flowers into the glass that she was drinking out of, and I don't know why I find this so strange, but I do. Listen, Lindsay Wagner... The bionic woman can do anything she wants. <laughs> and quite honestly, throughout this film, she pretty much does. She really does. She trespasses. She's nosy. She's intrusive. She lays a lot of heavy on Mary Ross later in the film. You're right. She yes. kind of does what she wants. Uh, so, yeah. So we we get him coming home. He doesn't live there, but he comes home for like a, a family dinner. That's nice. uh, And this is where we get the first... Uh, th- tiptoeing around that he has maybe found something he's been looking for. Yes, because you get the sense that this is a project he's been working on for a long yeah. time. You don't really know exactly what the project is, but you get the sense that the parents are excited. And then it, and then moments later, we get introduced to the worst or the best character. The, in the greatest film. character of all time. <laughs> His name is Rick Allen. He has a suspiciously transitioning accent somewhere between New York, Boston, and a 1930s mob movie. It is not a Boston accent it at is all. No. It is its own accent. He's got the slick back hair. I mean, he is just gliding through this film. Just, yes, on the oil of his hair, he is <laughs> the actual worst human being. He's a steak restaurant owner throughout the uh, the New England area. <laughs> Who doesn't like steak ta-ta? <laughs> he just, uh, like, so Mary Ross shows up to talk to her boyfriend, Rick, at at the diner. She, You first find out that he's evil. Restaurant. This is not restaurant. a diner. I'm sorry. This, this is a this fine dining establishment. You first find out that he's evil because he ordered her dinner. Which is rude. <laughs> Let a like, woman pick what oh, she wants. You already ordered for me? And he says, like, yes, the job has to come with perks. And I'm like, <laughs> you own the restaurant. Right. How long are they really holding your plates back, dude? But but the best line here is <laughs> Mary Ross tells him that her aunt has passed away <laughs> and his and that she's getting her house and his is like, My condolences about your aunt, but congrats on your good fortune. And he <laughs> and sm- toast- <laughs> He toasts her. And he smiles in his way, a way that you're like, I can literally see, hear the ka noise and see the dollar signs in his eyes. <laughs> like, nobody had a CGI it in. I just saw it in my mind. Yes. I mean, listen, you know, whether you hate Hallmark movies, love Hallmark movies, there is a 
a certain charm cheese to them, right? And generally, the boyfriends are not good. They're actually always the worst. He is one of the most cartoonish, <laughs> evil boyfriends. Well, because he gets villainous. It's not just like, oh, they don't love each other, no big deal. He gets, like, villainous towards the end of the film, which is great. My favorite line in this scene is, like, she's gotten promoted because of winning this case against the guy who couldn't fake an injury to save oh, his I life. Oh, I didn't even catch that. And he says to her, every win is a step up up in the ladder. And I'm like, she has an office, a secretary, a paralegal. <laughs> she has... What she will later reference in the film as plenty of time and plenty of money. Like, this this woman does not need you reminding her to climb the corporate ladder. She has obviously clearly done that as a lawyer. Yeah, I, I also, and you mentioned it, he's always smiling. He always is. <laughs> yeah. He really is always smiling, and it's so creepy. So then he invites himself to come with her down to Plymouth. Yes, because... Okay, he's her boyfriend. Yeah, that makes he wants sense. To see the investment. They, yeah, they drive together this yeah. time. So we get this, this. We get to see Aunt Philly's house for the first time. We get this beautiful home. Wait, can we talk about this line for a second, though? Yeah. But when she invites him, he's, like, talking about it as a getaway. And she's like, you'll be helping me count forks and knives. <laughs> hell happened in Aunt Philly's house that you think she has an abundance of cutlery that's going to take you a whole weekend to count? You're like, I've inherited a house and you're thinking like, well, gotta count them forks and knives first. Then we can figure out what to do with the house. Like, what? Right. She's got a silver fetish? So, we get the house, we get established in a shot, they walk in, and and immediately, Rick says... <laughs> Should bring in top dollar. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Serious square footage here. Yes. And then he's, after he says serious square footage here, he just looks at a window and goes, nice window. (laughs) (laughs) It's so unhinged. You know who Rick should have been friends with? Who? Julia's boyfriend in The Wedding Singer. Oh. Uh, Um... (laughs) Bad guy Gulia. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot remember his name at the current moment. Cares about money and uh and women. <laughs> and women. <laughs> no, he says he says cares about money, material things, even women are objects to him. <laughs> See, Billy Idol gets it. I'm so sorry, anyone who's listening. You're probably like, what are are they still talking about Thanksgiving House? Because I'm pretty sure they're quoting Wedding you Singer. You warned everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this would be weird. Um. You know, but then like I also love that the uh, the choice of any time Mary Ross is in the house, the music changes, and it gets this like like Sentim- remember it sentimental. <laughs> but like the crazy thing is about it because like when they go in the house, all of the furniture are like it's all covered in like white sheets, like as though Aunt Philly was like, "Well, I'm about to die. I must put white sheets <laughs> on all my furniture and let my long lost niece know that she's going to inherit a house, but not till thirty days after I die." I don't know. It's very weird. But I'm, then, I'm assuming the somebody with the estate came in and did that. No, let me think of it my way. <laughs> and Philly's Maybe like, Aunt Philly was under one of those sheets. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice window. Smells in here. <laughs> but then, like, by not even a few hours later, they have tagged all the furniture <laughs> with price tags of what they can sell it for. And my. Oh, you really did need to catalog everything as soon as this you get there. This film 
exists in a time vortex. Time makes no sense at all at any point. Because in when they get to the house, it's like a week to Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. so much happens so quickly. Yeah. So while they're at the house, they look out back and there's somebody digging holes in their backyard. It's future love interest, Everett Mather. I'm glad you said Everett Mather, because I think when our audience hears us say their full names every time, that's how they're talked about the entire movie. Oh! I, I've, for the entire movie, they just continuously use both their first and last name. Hi, love interest. <laughs> I'm Mary Ross. Hello, fellow love interest. I'm Everett Mather. We jest you not. Like, this is 100% how the film is. But he, so he is still excavating. He is kind and bumbling and super charming. And then they both laugh because he gives them a card and Mary Ross just goes, local historian. <laughs> like, as though, how dare you have a career that's not lawyer or restaurateur. <laughs> I'm like, chick, you're in Plymouth. Of course there's going to be a historian in town. Like, this is not that shocking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mary Ross comes in hot immediately. Um, I'm going to let you know something. For I'm, I'm at the front. I'm, I'm, I'm pumping the engine full of coal on the Mary Ross hate train. Oh! My notes, my notes are vicious. <laughs> Coming at Mary Ross, man. Mary Ross sucks in this movie, man. <laughs> it takes her a really long time. And you know what I don't like about Mary Ross? Here's what I don't like about Mary Ross. Mary Ross acts like she has taken a human skin suit and she has never <laughs> been to Earth before. And everything, when she walks into a room, everything she looks at is like, huh, ooh, What's that? She makes coffee in Aunt Philly's house, which I'm like, did Aunt Philly die and leave coffee filters and coffee behind? Did you guys go to the store right away? I don't know. It's very confusing. But do ev- you do you think when you die, everything just disappears? Like, what do you think? <laughs> it's like the blip, <laughs> right? right? But your stuff doesn't blip. <laughs> Tossie, we have too much stuff if it doesn't just blip away. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> some niece or nephew is screwed one day when they got to deal with the art. Our leftover They're crap. Gonna make, like, some serious collectibles here. <laughs> These They're wands will get a nice price. Get it all mad. Why the hell did they take all this out of the box? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is dark. Um, anyways, um, but I just, I find her confounding. Like, she eats a maple bar like, ooh, I think this is human food. I think I put this in mouth and then chew several times and swallow. Like... It's very bizarre. She's a very bizarre human being. Yeah, so... I and mean, she's mean. She comes at Everett she's Mather, mean. like, really immediately, mean. without understanding he's why nice. he's there. She hasn't been at this house in what we can assume is years. Yeah. Everett immediately explains exactly what's happening. Explains to her that Aunt Philly, or Phyllis, had signed off on this and was excited about this. Like, all of these things, but she's just like... No. <laughs> yeah, no. You will be getting off my lawn. But but I like the dynamic of we have goofy local historian, and then we got Rick in his leather jacket and hair, and Everett just looks at him and goes, cool jacket, man. <laughs> <laughs> but not in an ironic way. Like, he says it, like, genuinely of, like, oh, cool jacket. They don't let us wear leather in the suburbs. We must wear wool and, poly, like, cotton poly blends. Like, that's all we're actually allowed to wear. But then, like, so this whole, like, exchange happens with Everett. Like, the aunt give, gave him, per, like, permission to be on the property and to be excavating soil samples. She's angry about this right away before she has any sense of, like, what exactly he's doing. And she's like, I don't want you digging holes in my lawn. And I'm like, you literally just found out about this house a day ago and you're being so precious. But then, because the film has to justify how rude she's being, she finds a secret box 
inside of a wall that she put there as a child <coughs> that is filled with knickknacks and photos of her parents before their marriage fell apart because her central tragedy is that her parents got divorced and her last good Thanksgiving was Anna and Fanny's house. Yeah, yeah, we find out that, yeah, and then that she put the pictures there because she thought that was a way somehow to keep them together. I mean, she was supposed to be young. I think, honestly... With her My Little Pony. With her My Little Pony, which I, I get that. That's a good keepsake. Yeah. But she puts it in a heating event, and I was like, oh, were you planning on killing Aunt Philly? Like, <laughs> There we go. Now we know that. <laughs> <laughs> now we know what happened. It's actually Aunt Philly died. She's not surprised. <laughs> She's just glad she got away with it for 30 days. <laughs> but then, like, Rick, you know, just he just... Pulls in with some sage wisdom and says, don't let nostalgia get in the way of common sense. (laughs) Yeah. Because she decides that she may want to keep the house. And then I also love this exchange because at this point, she's explaining that she may want to keep this house as a weekend getaway. To which Rick also, on top of that, says, you never talked about wanting to get a weekend getaway before. (laughs) She never had another house given to her before. I just want to say this plainly so you can understand. We will never be economically mobile enough for this to be an option. But in case you're ever curious, I'd love to have a weekend place. Right. There we go. Or not. Because then do you decorate it as cute as your house? Because you're only there on the weekends. What stuff do you keep there? Which DVDs go there? Which vintage dresses go there? It's too much to think about. I can't have a weekend place. Okay, we, we can. You want to talk about that for the next thirty minutes? Yeah, because I think the logistics don't make sense to me. Probably because I'm not in an income bracket that could understand how <laughs> the taxes alone. <laughs> taxes alone. <laughs> Another great Rick Allen line. Um, but this is like you know. So the setup is here. Like essentially, what you what you come to find is that Everett Mather. Um, believes that Aunt Philly's house may have been the site of the first Thanksgiving. He's 99.9% sure. 99.9% sure. He has taken core samples. He has found Wampanoag pottery. um, He has done extensive research. And if you want proof of his extensive research, all you have to see is his serial killer apartment where there is no furniture, but (laughs) like archaeological dig like mechanisms and big screens and soil samples and tools and weird glasses. Um, But like, this is like the thing he is trying to prove. And her fear is that if it was to be discovered as the site of the first Thanksgiving, then they will seize her house through eminent domain. Let me tell you something. If you want to learn really nothing about eminent domain law, you should watch this movie. (laughs) It'll, it'll teach you about nothing. Except that I, you will remember in civics in ninth grade learning about eminent domain. Yeah, they. <laughs> there's a couple of line reads by uh, uh, the actress uh, Emily Rose, who plays Mary Ross. Um, a name you shouldn't know, but that's fine. <laughs> and and for like this is not a listen. I I can't act, so I'm not trying to pretend. But there's a couple of line reads where I'm like, you're you're supposed to be a lawyer, and you're sounding like you literally just learned law. That morning. <laughs> it's very much like Elle Woods's, um, like, uh, audition tape for law school and Legally Blonde. Right. I am shocked. Like, like, so yeah, bad. somebody just Googled eminent domain and she just read off the description. Like, I don't, and but she does declare that Aunt Philly's house is not an archaeological site. And it will be over her dead body. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And Aunt Philly's too. Uh, then we get to meet uh, a really small, yet turns out kind of an important player. He's kind of setting up the, he's a very pawn to this, this chess game, but is Quincy, the postal worker. 
Most uh, corrupt postal worker. He's the worst, yeah. He's local, just worst guy around. Mail fraud left and right. <laughs> um, he's just the worst at his job. Like, just not good. Um, so Everett shows up to mail the core samples. Quincy, as Everett leaves, reads everything about it and immediately makes a phone call to... Boobs McGee! <laughs> I believe that's her official name on IMDb. <laughs> um, sorry. Ashley Mulligan, the Inquisitive Pilgrim. If it's happening in Plymouth, you'll hear it here first. Which yep. is a line she says every time she enters a scene. Yep, yep. And we also get the name Ashley Mulligan the entire time, anytime she's mentioned. Again, first and last names, not poor Quincy, though. <laughs> she is, um, yeah, she's the local town gossip blogger. Okay, can I just say, we live in Bethlehem. I really want a curious Moravian. <laughs> I'm good with it. Right? Like, yeah, Wouldn't absolutely. that be great? I want to learn about local town <laughs> gossip <laughs> that I have no personal stakes in. Leah Valley would love. They just put out, like, good, you know. Oh, my God. Local. Are they curious Moravians? No, I don't think they're gossiping. <laughs> Sometimes. They get, a little, they get a little spicy on there. <laughs> What's going on at Route 22? Like going to uh, Pot's Dogs and not getting chocolate milk? Ugh. Didn't get chocolate milk at Pot's Dogs? No. Oh, I should shut down their account for at least five weeks. <laughs> So Ashley tricks Everett into going to lunch uh, with the ruse of a high school reunion and serving on a committee together. I don't know about y'all's high schools, but mine's not organized enough to have committees, let alone a reunion. So it's 2023. Nobody has reunions anymore unless you're hitting those 50th. Yeah, I see you on Facebook. That's enough. And that's already too much. But like. I, you know, she tricks him to going to lunch. I guess they dated at some point very briefly in high school, which she tries to briefly make more about because she's essentially trying to get out of him. Like, did you find the first Thanksgiving house? Um, because this feels like a very big deal in Plymouth. Um, she is dressed, and I say this with so much love and affection, like an 80s hooker. Like, there's no other way to label this. Like, and they're at Glad like. you <laughs> toned it down. <laughs> but. This is why I got a TV PG. <laughs> but 100%. Like, because, I mean, it's, like, super, super provocative. And she's, like, he makes a joke that she is, ha- like, that she is a pretty promiscuous pilgrim. Like, inquisitive and promiscuous. Where did he never said anything like that? Yes, he does. He says... Oh, shoot. I forget what he says, but he says something like really like or he reacts in a very cheeky way to something that she says that seems to indicate that she dates a lot. (laughs) Um, This is when he realizes that Quincy sold him out because Quincy has the hots for her. Um, <laughs> yes, which is so sad because I would so like to no just shot. briefly talk about the location because okay, this location okay. comes up a few times. It makes they're in this like diner. Yes. OK, it makes no sense because it's it's I don't know, like they're in pirate outfits and there's like, you know, um, nets on the wall. But there's a Native American statue. There are like trophies everywhere at in the background. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you shocked that there's appropriation in Plymouth? <laughs> Fair enough. There's my other favorite. They do like, uh, what is the, the, the chain, like the paper chains are oh decoration gosh, a, in the background. It is very chaotic. I did not clock this. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Like if it was pilgrims, I would have understood, but somebody made the choice to go, let's have them in this diner. Let's do pilgrims. No, 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 no. That's too on the nose. Let's do pirates. 
<laughs> like, I just... You know what? Because they're by the sea, Tossie. So from there, we get... Everett shows back up at the house. It's a brief scene. He yeah. gets to meet uh, Victoria. The paralegal. Yeah. So as any good friend in a Hallmark movie does, <laughs> immediately explains to her friend who hates this person, he's cute. And then she's like, ugh, <laughs> oh, Ew. I mean, I totally say it, but ew. <laughs> she doesn't say that, but that's what her face says. <laughs> and Ashley Mulligan's outside spying. Of course she is. <laughs> but so, again, Mary Ross just completely mean, pushes Everett out. Yeah. So Everett actually then goes to Boston and shows. Big move. Uh, yeah, it does. It's a big move. Big pilgrim energy. And just energy. shows up at her, uh, at her law office. <laughs> to take her to dinner which does not make any sense because they are clearly entangled in some sort of a legal battle over whether or not he was allowed to take these core samples and it's now her house. And, but he thinks he can kind of nice guy his way out of this. Well, what does she, what does Mary Ross say? You know what they say. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. <laughs> she actually says that. She, but are they ever tries to, as they walk around Boston, ever, you know, we start to get the background on them. Uh, we find out that Everett at one point practice was, was going to be try to be a lawyer, but it wasn't for him. And he comes. No, because he had to pick the noble profession of teaching <laughs> yeah. and being a local historian. <laughs> and I only say that because I think it's framed like, he went the route away from, like, you know, the dangerous and competitive life of law is how it's framed in the film. <laughs> Not how I personally feel, just how it's actually framed in the film. But he takes this moment, he apologizes, he tries to explain himself, he realizes that, you know, he didn't take into account her feelings. Although, I gotta be honest with you, I don't think he actually needs to apologize absolutely does not need to apologize. <laughs> this makes me so frustrated during the scene because essentially, like, of all the Hallmark bows, they position him as the nicest, the sweetest, the most apologetic, the most considerate. And Mary just hates him the entire film of, like, she can't understand, like, why he would want to do this. And she can't understand, like, why he shouldn't be overwhelmingly apologizing and backing off of this, like, major historic claim. And then he apologizes, which I think is absurd. You know, I have to do, this is a moment I'm going to give uh, Justin Bruning, I think is his name, uh, the actor who's in a bunch of Hallmark things. Um, he but is one that he looks luscious in, man. He, he has over the years, like, bolt up, but yeah. I find him in this really good, actually. I find him very charismatic, very y y charming. Can I tell you what I think happened? I think they took an actor who could do that fine line between hunk and dweeb, and then whatever machine they have at Hallmark, I think you have to like pass through the gazebo in the center town and then you get like 15 pounds of muscle, a certain haircut, and a flannel. Right. And so they got him before he went through the gazebo at the center of town. Well, you know, he, he had, his mom's the bionic woman, so... <laughs> Uh, but when Mary, who now seeing him as, as human, gets back to her office, she finds out that the Inquisitive Pilgrim has put her house up and has given out the news that this might be the Thanksgiving house. And she thinks it's Everett's fault. And now she wants to sue Everett. Yes! <laughs> because a town gossip blogger <laughs> posted something online. It's, it's a big reaction. And then she, I mean, she does get a legal response in return. From Everett's dad. Everett's dad. Who Play, is a lawyer. By the great Bruce Boxner. Um, I, I maybe always pronounce his name, but uh, 
all Tron fans are going to know him. So, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's right. I forgot he's thingy in Tron. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! What a weird cast. <laughs> <laughs> Hubbard likes to bring in their, you know, you know, notable, you know, but my actors that they throw in there for these parts. Yes, because I think it's like it suckers like you and me. It gets us like in because we're like, oh, I like them in this. Um, I also think like because this also sets up, uh, you know, because listen, I know you've been mi- missing us talking about Rick Allen, like. Because he realizes there could be potential, like, tax credits if they allowed this house to be discovered as a Thanksgiving house. Because he starts bringing up some statistics about, like, how most historical sites are actually privately owned. So they get all this, like, government protection. And he talks about some serious federal tax credits (laughs) could come from this house. He's so money-minded and it's hilarious. He gets very, well, you know how we know, you know how you know he's money-minded? Oh, so. Because when he shows back up in uh, Plymouth, he comes in his Porsche, which has the vanity license plate of <laughs> Mo Money. <laughs> but not just, Mo Problems. Just Mo Money. Mo Money, spelled M-O-N-E-E. <laughs> so not good. He's so ridiculous. But I also think... He's like, legendary. <laughs> he is legendary. And in, 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 in Hallmark boyfriend bad guys, he is 100% legendary. Like... But I think this, like, you know, so you have this now. Rick is starting to see the profitability of Aunt Philly's house. You have Mary is still trying to cling to the sentimentality of the house. And then Everett is, like, kind of somewhere in between. But because there becomes this legal thing, this is how Mary gets introduced to Everett's family. She shows up to Everett's house, which is the address she gets from the certified letter from Quincy. And she looks at the house as though she does not understand (laughs) that sometimes residences can be businesses, too. Like, she acts mystified, like, what? Very much so. (laughs) And the mom has to be like, you were expecting a law office, weren't you? And I'm like, you really don't have to explain this. She went to an address. She should be able to draw her own conclusions. (laughs) This woman is kind of dumb. It's pretty bad because she's... Like, it's not like there's businesses. I mean, this is just your quaint little town, right? Like, so she knows for a good piece of time there's not going to be a law office on this street. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she still goes her But then I do very much enjoy, actually, the interaction between her and Everett's dad, who is a lawyer. and Parker Mather. Parker Mather, <laughs> who's very dad. He's very, like, like 90s, like, family show dad. <laughs> And Everett is, like, kind of disgusted by the fact that there has to be legal proceedings because they're talking about, the like, the defendant in the case. And he's just like, oh, my God, I'm sitting right here. Just call me Everett. And you can tell there's this, like, whole, like, dynamic that's going on between them. It's actually, like, very... I, I'm going to say it's a very charming moment in the movie. I think it's kind of funny. And, and, yeah, uh, Parker and her fun... What does he call it? The lawyer two-step or something <laughs> like that. Thrust and Perry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I'm going to let you know, Yeah. Mary in this scene yeah. <laughs> pulls off one of the most her- evil moves I've ever seen in a movie. What's that? <laughs> okay, so, and this is important. At this point, as they're waiting for Everett to show up for this meeting, yeah. they're in their house. Everett's mom gives her these cookies that become important later. It's this bonding moment between the two of them that that Mary Ross loves. Yeah. Mary Ross. Because Mary Ross has never seen cookies because she's an alien from outer space. (laughs) She's sitting at the end of the couch with her arm on the armrest eating the cookie. She then 
drops crumbs onto the couch and proceeds to just brush them off onto the floor. It's not part of the movie, folks. It's just the choice that this actress made in the scene of going... What do I do with these crumbs? <laughs> she just <laughs> flicks them. It is such a just No, like. I actually think that the choice is, is like, how do I make it clear that Mary kind of sucks? Oh, here's how I do it. Someone will notice. It's like the eating apple of, like... <laughs> I want you to know, I eat whole apples all the time, and you have made me so paranoid that people are going to be like, oh, she's an asshole. Because <laughs> you've literally said to me, people who eat whole apples are That's assholes. That's your one per show, just for the record. <laughs> You, you've got it in your uh, talking about uh, Everett being a studly dude, and you yeah. got it in your. <laughs> I also called someone a hooker earlier in the show, so I'm doing my part doing <laughs> for decency because we talked about this Hallmark movie. Um, at this time, Ashley Mulligan shows uh, up at the house, the oh Thanksgiving God. house, and her and Rick practically do it. <laughs> like, Rick is just like, he looks like the cartoon, like, wolf when his tongue comes out. Like, Rick <laughs> doesn't even blink an eye. Like, he is just looking her up and down. It's so gross. She's flirting. I agree with you. Like, there is and a costume about- choice for Ashley Mulligan it's so- that's like, all right, guys. <laughs> And you know this, like, I am super body positive, wear what you wear. Like, I do not clutch my pearls at clothes that are revealing. It's just odd in this movie. It feels absurd, so absurdly different than everyone else in the film. Well, I'm going (laughs) to, this is going to be the weird (laughs) curve here. Yeah. I literally have a note in here that just says cleavage because this movie (laughs) makes a choice. As do all your notes. (laughs) What are you talking about? Stop it. <laughs> this movie, like, there's so much cleavage, weirdly, in this movie. Ryan has a secret podcast where he just talks about the best cleavage scenes in movies. <laughs> Mr. Ryan. <laughs> cleavage Hallmark movies. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have a secret Hallmark podcast that talks about gazebos. You have ones that talk about cleavage. We, we should have a crossover episode one I day. I tell you, the cleavage changes the gazebo, doesn't <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah, so at this point, there starts to be a um, a bond between Rick and, and Ashley Mulligan. I don't want to call it a bond. <laughs> I don't think that's what's going on. Uh, Alicia, or, excuse me, Ashley Mulligan is played by Serena Vincent. And okay. uh, for those of no you one cares. who are cabbing... <laughs> If you're a cabin fee Eli Roth's cabin fever, you are. You know exactly who we're talking about. And you already know that cleavage well from cabin fever. This is our wholesome Thanksgiving show, right? About a Hallmark movie. I just want to make sure that I. I said it would be weird. I never said it would be wholesome. Um, but I also think like so. This is like you know you get another great line by Rick Allen as he talks about a hostile takeover. Um, and I'm just like this is such a way to approach a historical site. Um, but then you also get the heavy-handed thing that's been kind of going through the film. So Mary, Mary's parents, when she was younger, got divorced. 
Um, she lives with her mom and she has a really rough relationship with her dad. They haven't spoken. They haven't really, or they speak, but infrequently they don't spend holidays together. And I only bring this up now because it's kind of a thing that runs through. That's to let you know, like dad's showing up at Thanksgiving at the end, but he like calls her and he like wants to talk to her and she's very resistant to it. And I bring this up is because in this like next scene, you have this like between her and the bionic woman, this like (laughs) scene like at their house and they're having dinner and she starts like pouring her heart out at a time where she stops speaking to her father and is trying to offer her advice. It's like a very heavy handed part of the movie where she was like, can you imagine if we had never spoken again? And I'm like, leave this girl alone. Let her make her choices. So from here, we're kind of moving quickly through a couple of scenes. You have Everett shows up at Ashley Mulligan's house trying to stop her from blogging. Yes. Because at this point, there's now a tro- a town trolley that comes through. Oh, my God. I forgot about the trolley. That's now pointing out that the house may be the Thanksgiving. We're the first Thanksgiving. to go on that damn trolley? It's so weird. I mean. I, I mean, yeah, we do. Yeah, I mean, stuff. like. <laughs> You know, we, uh, people go and see the Mayflower, too, and it's not even, it's just yeah, a replica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, that's another Rick Allen line, guys. That's not an Orion original. Um, we had, when he's there, though, that's a weird scene, because Ashley Mulligan's in, like, a nighty, and then she sits Everett on the couch, and Everett quickly moves over to the kitchen to <laughs> Like counter. an icky girl. <laughs> it was weird. We get to meet, then that moves forward us to, we get to meet Everett's friend, Spencer. Um, oh, their teaching schedule makes no sense. <laughs> They're like high school teachers, but they seem to have like three hours in the morning to do as they will. And then they just, you know, he talks about like, oh, my students just keep me waiting. And I'm like, for what, for who? You're in high school. They're legally required to be there. They just show up to your classroom. What are you talking about? This is though, this is important because this is when we get Everett. He's starting to have feelings for Mary. And oh, he has that great line. He's like, I just don't understand why she's doing this. He's he's questioning his career, like, about the money and what he should do. And Spencer kind of gives him a come to, like, you know, come to teacher moment of being like, no, man, you, you're great at what you do. You love doing it. And you have a job. Just be happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, like you had said, Rick is at this point. Like, now Mary's starting to get really annoyed with Rick at this point, And they start FaceTiming. And Rick only wants to talk about what they financially can do to the and house. She says, let's talk about something else like steaks. <laughs> yeah. Such a so she's line. getting really mad at him. Uh, we also get uh, Ashley Mulligan, and this is the part I makes no sense to me, mm. has creates a protest outside of the Thanksgiving house yep. that I don't understand at all. But the important thing to know is, and again, I mean this as no disrespect, these are the worst background actors I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> Worse than Mary Ross eating a cookie, or no? Worse. Worse, worse. yeah. Worse. They're just terrible. Yeah. No, it's pretty bad. They went to the Joey Tribbiani School of <laughs> Acting. Mmm. <laughs> I want Thanksgiving house. But it makes no sense what she's even protesting, but she keeps making a big deal because Mary Ross just keeps saying no comment. Yeah. And she thinks that she's, like, got her. I don't know. It may... Yeah, it was... Uh, Everett's mom refers to her as, like, a headline hound, and, like, so it's, like, you get this sense that people in town are very irritated by her, or, like, do not believe stuff, like, do not believe that people actually read her blog. She seems very invested in the fact that people read her blog. Kind of like how we're invested in that a lot of people listen to this podcast, you know? (laughs) You gotta live in your delusions. At this point, I promise you, no one's (laughs) one's listening. listening. You're out. And if you are, thanks. Thanks, thanks. We appreciate it. Hit that like and subscribe button. (laughs) 
Um, and then we get to Everett teaching about the 1621 Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right. You and I are going to differ here. I happen to love this scene. Okay. <laughs> because, yes. <laughs> there is... Hallmark makes a decision here to address the atrocities that would occur. <laughs> as much as the U.S. government has ever addressed the atrocities, that's how they addressed um, it. However, it is then also shown that Everett speaks highly of the hopefulness of the first Thanksgiving. He's just like, guys, but really, if there hadn't been ruthless slaughter after this, this dinner would have been nice. <laughs> I happen to like Everett's hope here, okay? Can I tell you, it's a, it's actually, it's a very sweet and hopeful speech, and I will, I will give one credit to whoever cobbled this script together. They did make an effort to say, you, you gotta address, this is a history teacher, and he's gotta address the fact of, like, this is complicated, so there's at least something said, it's just... It's not funny, but it's funny over. because it's just somebody at the library that asks this question who I think might be a student is just like, yeah, how did it work out for you? He really does. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, not good. Not good. Or any <laughs> Native American tribe after this. Yeah. And that's like, and I will say, because I mean, because there is a lot of discussion about, actually primarily about the Wampanoags. But the absurdity of this is they're trying to quick write a line away so they don't have to deal with the fact of like, how invested should you be in this site existing? It it complicates things for a moment, but it very quickly wants to gloss back over. But I, I mean, I guess they tried <laughs> to address history. Mary, who, Ross, who has been tricked by Everett's mom, uh, has shown up to this oh, lecture. Oh, yes, she does get tricked into going yes. to a lecture. Uh, that's how most people go Everett to Everett then asks her out for dinner again, um, to Are which... Are asking me on a date? <laughs> she questions, oh. are you trying to keep your enemies close? <laughs> Like, she says that you're and not my enemy, and then and then she says to him, "Do you think I'm underfed?" <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> she's like she's just asking you to dinner, you weirdo. Um, and you know, and obviously, like at this point, like the sparks are are flying between them, and it's not long after this she breaks things off with Rick. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So Mary and Everett go out that night. They walk. They talk about scurvy. Um, yeah, they do talk about scurvy. The my the, the weirdest line of this entire movie is Everett asking her, what gets you out of bed, Mary? And her uh, answer is autonomy. I Autonomy. Uh, uh, <laughs> like that was literally written down. <laughs> someone's like, I think the feminists use this word sometimes. <laughs> It's very weird. It feels because, again, she's an alien from another planet. Of course, I'll talk. It's why she asked, are you worried that I'm fed? (laughs) She's an alien. So when she gets dropped off back at the house, this is... Well, Rick's there. Yeah. And then they break up. And she's done. But he's, like, not done trying to scheme on this house. No, yeah. that's the villainous turn. Is he somehow still thinks... Well, one, he mocks her for leaving him for a school teacher. Um... Which, sweet dunk city bro, I guess. I don't know. And then, like, there is then a plot of him trying to collude with the Inquisitive Pilgrim to still stake a claim in a piece of property he doesn't own. They come up with this plan at everybody's favorite pirate restaurant. (laughs) They do. Also, there's a Thanksgiving cruise 
We've not mentioned the Thanksgiving cruise. <laughs> That's right. Because what is it? Mary doesn't really love Thanksgiving, but he goes, you've never been on a Thanksgiving cruise yeah. before. <laughs> Which is not a thing. It's not a thing. I don't believe it's anyway. Maybe it is. Comment below if you know this to be a thing. But then, like, he... And I know this is like, it comes later is when you see it, but he takes the Inquisitive Pilgrim on the cruise. Yeah, well, that's because in this moment, they bond over... Steak ta ta. Steak ta <laughs> Which is when we find out the line. <laughs> that opened up that this opened up our show. hellscape of an episode. <laughs> We're still going, folks. <laughs> um, but then, so this, like, starts to take us to the conclusion of the film, which is, you know, it's got to end on Thanksgiving. It's called The Thanksgiving House. But, like, essentially Mary has decided that she would like to host Thanksgiving at her house, but she's just having her paralegal Victoria over because Victoria is single. <laughs> and being single means you don't have plans for Thanksgiving. Victoria, who went on uh, and, and you know, at least had the entire Twilight Saga she under was. her belt. Oh, well, she has, like, a really tragic part in the Twilight she Saga. She does. Be- yeah. But in this, she's reduced to friend, assistant, yeah. and overworked assistant. Overworked? Like, <laughs> Yeah, because Mary's like, we can send it to me any time of night or day. And I'm like, Victoria needs to live her life. Damn. Well, she doesn't have a man. She doesn't have a man. She points that out she's here. She's single. She's single. <laughs> That's why she's free for Thanksgiving. She's free for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and we emphasize this, guys, because this has made a very clear point in the film, as though, obviously, she would have nowhere else to go. So she's going to have her for Thanksgiving, and then Everett's mom in another button-ski moment is like, That's a lot of work for two people. Um, for you, which we felt personally attacked, but like for you guys to make an entire Thanksgiving dinner together. And so Everett's mom invites them over and she's like, no, I really want to do it in this house because it's her favoritist place ever, even though she didn't know her aunt died, whatever. And then essentially the mom's like, well, my family's flexible, um, and won't mind coming to a stranger's house for Thanksgiving. Um, and now they're going to have Thanksgiving at Mary's and she's going to invite her papa. I, I, I had a pause because you're ping-ponging all over the map here, man. I'm trying to keep up with you. You're jumping around. I'm worried our audience isn't going to have the full picture of what's happening here. I'm sorry. Do you think the audience is not going to understand this Hallmark Thanksgiving film about a house that may be the site of the original Thanksgiving? I don't think, though, that you are given enough emphasis on the fact of how much Everett's mom... Guilt trips <laughs> Mary Ross into inviting her father for Thanksgiving. Okay, it's the guilt trip of all guilt trips because she's essentially like, oh yeah, for a period of time, like my dad didn't talk to me because I married a Yankee and we were from the South. Actual plot line, not making this up. And okay, she doesn't say a Yankee, but it's implied. And then like, she's like, and then we didn't talk, and then Everett was born, and he wanted to be a granddad, so then we started talking again, and then he died. And then she looks at Mary and so coldly goes, can you imagine if we had not been speaking and he had died? And I'm like, leave Mary Ross alone. Just just for the record of our audience, that is that, that, that whole speech is done a little more like... <laughs> Emotionally what? and a little less what? snarkily. Is my delivery bad? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but you're not wrong with what you're the details. I'm sorry, I didn't know I was auditioning for the actor studio. God damn. <laughs> so, yes, you, um, we also have to talk about the fact that, that uh, Everett's mom, who I apologize, I have not called Abigail at all. 
Everett's mom. Stop. <laughs> We're going to call her Bionic <laughs> Woman or Everett's <laughs> mom. Um, also keeps making vegan food, like makes a big deal about the fact that she has to make vegan food for and, her brother. And gluten-free. And gluten-free. And gluten-free. Yes. Which is fine, except for it's made like almost like a joke. Like, <laughs> like oh my God, can you imagine not eating gluten? Right. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't So that invites herself over to the house with Mary Ross yeah. because, like you said, shames her that yep. she's only going to have Thanksgiving with the two of them. Yes, and this leads to the big Thanksgiving dinner at Mary's house where she's going to have the paralegal Victoria, um, Everett's parents, Everett, Everett's also seemingly single friend Spencer, Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um, and her and her papa who she doesn't talk to, plus Everett's extended family who we don't meet. We just see hugging in the background. Okay, so I want to point out, I, this is the thing I want to talk about this dad. I yeah. hate this dad. Everybody I'll explain you dad. why. This dad sucks. We're, <laughs> it's for no other reason than this. They, again, seem to have been estranged for, at least a strained relationship, but almost estranged for I quite some time. I get the sense you, they don't see each other in person. Correct. That he, she sometimes yes. calls him. Uh, as we, we've alluded yeah. to, there was a deleted scene that we did not get on this watch, but there is a deleted scene on the Hallmark version. It's not a deleted which, scene. It's so, supposed to be in the film. It's a very, like kind of tense conversation between the two of them where neither come out looking good. No. Um, but essentially the dad left the mom at a young age. The mom was depressed, ends up passing away and never got over the divorce. And so Mary has held this against the father. Yeah. So the father shows up to this house. He's ex- really wants to see the daughter. Oh, I know. This is he going. greets her for about 30 seconds, then gets introduced to everybody else, to which they ask him, can we get you anything? To which this dad, who has not seen his daughter, has only wanted to, looks at everybody and says, is the game on? <laughs> Guys, you don't even understand how abrupt and awkward it is. And I hope you rent it. <laughs> Look up for it as Thanksgiving House or Legally Tender. Get that free subscription for seven days. Yeah, to Upstart? <laughs> I don't even know what the name of it is. But, like, it's... Or reach out to us. I'll send you the DVDs for you to borrow. <laughs> I immediately... And I hope there's a waiting list. <laughs> I, I literally, I was like, I know the first person who's going to text us to do this. It's Jeff Harvey. He is 100% going to be the first person to text us and say, can I borrow the DVD? It's So here is the real of this. It's like, it's so strange but that's everything with her and the dad because when they go, he goes into the kitchen later after, you know, the game. I want to talk about the game then. Okay. I got some thoughts about the Fair game. Fair enough. But she's like cutting green beans and she just, she's like, I'm having a really hard time forgiving you for the divorce, dad. It's so bizarre. Like, this is not how human beings talk to each other who have been estranged for some time. And then how they make up is talking about the way you cut green beans. And they repeat it to each other like this is an inside joke. Dude left when she was eight. Did you have a lot of green bean conversations as an eight-year-old? I mean, I guess it's something they bonded over back then. Talk about the game. (laughs) I agree with you. It's really weird. And he does come in and he apologizes. He he says it was the biggest mistake he ever made. Yeah. And that he went to regret it. Um, She's just cold as as ice. Yeah. She almost acts as if this man murdered her mom. Like, it is just really bizarre. Um, She really does act like he did something horrible to her. And all you know is that they got divorced. Yeah. Yeah. So the game on. Here's my problem with this game, because obviously they could only get 
they should have just not shown the game. But you get a mention <laughs> that it's it's the Patriots. It's the Patriots oh, the Patriots though. must have scored. No, no. This is definitely a USFL football game. That's the Houston Gamblers with Jim Kelly playing quarterback. Wait, is this actually real? Did yes. you look this up? Oh my god! <laughs> I never they knew. Pulled some defunct <laughs> footage from a league that like went out in like 1987 or 88. This is my favorite fun fact you've ever given. I had no idea you'd have like receipts on what this. And then game we was. have Abigail and the bion- or the bionic woman in the kitchen with with Mary Ross. Talking about women not knowing football. Yeah. Well, so I had in my notes, kittens don't know sports. And I'm like, do I call women kittens? And then I looked closer. And I'm pretty sure, excuse me, I'm pretty sure bitches don't know sports. And then I was like, and then I wrote, nobody does in this house. Like, yeah. My notes got weird towards the end. <laughs> the end. That is so bizarre. The end. You. <laughs> so we then get everybody standing for grace at the kitchen or at the dining room table. Like we're not religious. Maybe we're doing it wrong. I don't know. I, is that a thing? They all hold hands and, and stand, stand and do grace. Yeah. The food's getting cold, though. I, I mean, it's fun. I mean, Thanksgiving food has never been served hot, ever. Yeah, that's true. Especially uh, not the mashed potatoes. <laughs> I don't care what I do. Um, yeah, but I don't... And I, then she gives a speech about Thanksgiving, which is essentially like a copycat version of whatever it said earlier. Yeah. Well, I think that's supposed to be, right? Yeah, it seemed like plagiarism. Because <laughs> I think she's trying to get the credit with everyone. I'm like, that's like Everett's words. you got to cite your sources. Um, and then... After, you know, the long meal, and I guess her and her dad are made up, and Spencer and Victoria seem like they're going to hook up, um, Everett comes to her and is like, hey, I've got an idea. What if it was just like a historical marker outside the house? Is that not what happens first? Well, you have to have Mary, because you have to have both of them come together. So you have Mary at this point decides that she wants to make the lamb public. And to bring happiness to all for Thanksgiving, not just her. I I know, but it makes Mary seem like a human in this moment, and the rest of the film so <laughs> contradicts that. And then, as you pointed out, and Everett's, then Everett's like, what if we just had a historical marker made? And, and he's like, it's okay that this has been my life's work. I think you and I are going to get married, so I will make this compromise. In his defense, as he points out, one, at one point, he explains to Mary that her house did not exist there during the Thanksgiving, yeah. as if this needed to be pointed out. Boston yeah. lawyer needed that yeah. <laughs> to be explained to her. Um, but as he points out, this is just it's just a plot of land. I mean, what else do you need? They could do reenactments. <laughs> like right on the site. People could like uh, uh, do a lottery every year to see who gets to have their actual Thanksgiving where the actual first Thanksgiving happened. That's an Airbnb uh, right? contest right there. Right? Yes. So I'm just saying, she's missing opportunities. Some nice tax credits. So then we get to the very end of the film. <laughs> Stop the ending so stupid. <laughs> Everett takes Mary Ross out onto the, uh, to the front yawn. Um, and kills her. Ah, <laughs> end of movie. They wish each other a very happy Thanksgiving. No. They kiss, 
and she gets into the swing that he has put there. Oh. Because the fact that you and I have enti- talked about this entire movie. I may explain have you why. never mentioned the swing. Okay. So here's the thing. The swing is not important. So the swing is there's a photo of Mary's parents standing behind her looking lovingly. And she is in a swing that was on Aunt Philly's front lawn in this tree. This was said picture that was taken out of the box that. Was that hidden. almost killed that om- Aunt Philly. That may or may not have killed Aunt Because Philly. it was in the heating vent. But the best part is, is there's only the this one copy of the photo, but that copy of the photo keeps changing sizes throughout the film and resolution and color throughout the entirety of the film. Like, sometimes it looks like it was taken in 1972. Sometimes it looks like it was taken last year. There's no consistency. And at some point, Everett saw this photo and went, I shall make her a swing, and then she shall be mine. (laughs) And it should also be noted that at the end of the movie, it's kind of ambiguous whether or not this is actually the Thanksgiving house or the site of the first Thanksgiving, because the test results for the core samples have not come back by the end of the film. Yeah, so we're, we're left unknown. We have Ashley Mulligan and Rick out there still plotting against yes. them. Uh, Mary Ross makes the line of, but I know a good lawyer to stop them. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> but we get our final shot of the film, which is Everett Mather pushing Mary Ross on the swing. All smiles. Roll credits. And that's our Thanksgiving movie this year. <laughs> this was a weird one. I, you know what? I feel like we all went on a journey and understood, and now know where the first Thanksgiving occurred. Uh, no, we don't know. I just said that. We don't know that's where the first Thanksgiving happened. I also wonder if that's kind of part of it, is they're like, well, we can't really lay a claim. Although, does Hallmark care? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they probably care. But, you know, here, we love Thanksgiving. We love Thanksgiving-themed things. There's a lot of other TV shows that have, like, Thanksgiving programming, but there's, like, not a lot of Thanksgiving movies, so it's, like, slim pickings. So we had to find something that would fit in with our normal annual checking out of something Thanksgiving. Yeah, we wanted to bring something new to you guys. And and let us know if you like this, hate it, either way. And if you like it, maybe we'll do more in the future. Actually, don't tell me if you hate it. Just, I I only like compliments. (laughs) I don't don't need the other half of this. Like, well, I had so much fun doing this with you. I hope people check out this movie or maybe just listen to this and hopefully you got a sense of what the plot is from it as much as I was ping-ponging around because my notes made no sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> if you are not currently following us on social media, please follow us at How Could You Podcast on um, Instagram, at How Could You Pod on Twitter, at How Could You Podcast on Facebook. We have a lot of really exciting things coming up. We thank you all so much for listening to our most recent interview episode with Chuck Francisco. Uh, we have another interview episode coming up for you and those of you looking for movies that you know we got a few of those coming up pretty (laughs) soon too and until next time let me leave you with one of my favorite all-time characters lines of color me gone (laughs) happy thanksgiving (laughs) and enjoy the odyssey (laughs) 